Hello fellow Xbox adventurers, and welcome to this week's episode of Xbox Quest, the number one podcast that has the death sentence in 12 systems, and the home for all news, reviews, and segments on the world of Xbox. On this week's show, we discuss UFC 4, digital sales overtaking physical, and the Devolver Digital, Devolver digital Showcase, as, long as, our, as well as our thoughts on uh, Ubisoft Forward. Today I'm joined, as always, by the chosen one himself, Jake Burton. You were the chosen one! I was supposed to bring balance to the console wars, not leave them in darkness. I do love it. You can just do that entire thing for me. <laughs> the prequels are good. Yes, there are good ideas in the prequels. There's good, There's fun stuff. In there, there are good movies in the prequels. <laughs> yes, there's a good movie in all the prequels. <laughs> all of the prequels are good. All Star Wars movies are good movies. Yes, I enjoy everything. Some are better than others, but they're all good. And Ewan McGregor is a treasure. Don't let anybody tell do, you otherwise. I do love Ewan McGregor. He's awesome. Uh, quick shout out to Wyatt Lane for our awesome intro music. Again, that guy does awesome stuff. Check him out uh, at Wyatt Lane on Twitter. All right, so I guess we'll go ahead and just get right into the news. It's slower news week. We say that all the time, and we still go for an hour, so we'll figure it out. First up, UFC 4 from EA officially announced... Digging his underhooks, good job here, he's got double underhooks now. With so much time being spent. August 14th, 2020. Like, they didn't even give you a month. Because I know this announcement wasn't that long ago. Um, I mean, you'll have more details on it, but just straight up, hey, UFC game, get it next month. Let me, uh, you go ahead and uh, tell me the rest about that, because I do not have that one pulled up. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, is they, they finally showed the reveal trailer where they showed some gameplay, and the cover athletes are Jorge Masvidal and Israel Adesanya, and they showed some footage of the game, and they're, you know, just like every sports game every year, it's like, we made very slight differences that will change the realism and blah, 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 but, you know, sports sports game, you know, uh, uh, trailers are what they are. Um, but yeah, but that was the kind of news from it. I think we, uh, you know, easily assumed it was coming. Right, they've been pumping them out. You knew it was coming at some point, and they were like, "Oh, by the way, here it is." And yeah, it's coming out real soon. So that's the real news of it. Is that hey, August? Uh, what was it? August twenty? August fourteenth? Yeah. So not much of a turnaround for them. To first trailer for the game, and you can get it. Yeah, in you know a month and a couple of days from when they put the video out. But yeah, it should be. Uh, I'm not going to play it. Uh, I just thought it was newsworthy. But yeah, they're. Trying to do like a thing where I guess because Jorge Masvidal came from like street fighting and he's super famous now, so they've added like actual like backyard fenced in cages to have fights in, and they're putting like Kimbo back in the game, Kimbo Slice to like go back to Kimbo Slice and Jorge Masvidal's history of like backyard fighting. But then they also have done like the Kumite, so it's like in like an old like temple and it's like an underground. They they call it the Kumite in like the reference, but. It's definitely more like uh, if we're talking about Jean Claude Van Damme movies, it looked much more like Kickboxer than like Bloodsport. But uh, yeah, I I noticed that on the whatever the picture was, it's just like dudes like it looks like an '80s action movie. I'm like, I don't I don't know this enough to know what's going on, but okay. Yeah, and I, and I don't know much about Israel Adesanya's history, but I'm willing to bet he didn't fight in underground temples. Uh, probably just like trained in gyms. Um, but I, I would cool, love the cool idea of, of a professional. 
official fighter fighting in a temple <laughs> to train. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of these dudes that like legitimately claim like Shaolin is their martial art of choice, uh, it could potentially fall into that category, but it's few and far between. Yeah, so looking here, I just looked up a quick history on on Wikipedia. The UFC games come out every two years. So again, not a lot of news they announced it, but that is weird for a sports game to come out every two years and not every year. Yeah, I mean, if any sport it's going to make sense for, it's going to be MMA just because, you know, the rotation of fights is those guys fight like only a couple times a year. So a lot of times, you know, you make a game, you wait two years, not a lot. That's probably changed as far as like the title scene. And it's not really like an annualized sport the way that like there's a, a season every year for football, a season every year for basketball. Like makes a little bit of sense, but yeah. let them keep putting, hopefully making good products. I don't know. I haven't played one since the first one, the first EA uh, UFC. I didn't play two or three and uh, probably not even play four. Yeah, no, too technical for me, but it's cool. It's out there for you UFC fighting fans. Gameplay was uh, fine. This... I hated the career on the first one. And I was like, cool. Yeah, same here. I did try it. It wasn't much. Uh, this new story, I think, is really interesting, and it, it, I'm kind of extrapolating, I guess that's that's the word, right, uh, from another news story about digital sales overtaking physical sales. So I'm taking this as a story for Capcom, specifically. Um, Capcom says 80% of its games are sold digitally. Um, and I believe it was just during a, a shareholders meeting, Capcom was asked about sales. It says current digital download sale ratio is approximately 80%. Um, and I believe that's for the year, you know, the last fiscal year. Um, it grew from 53.3% last year up to 80% this year. So, and then there's, uh, this is also a new story from IGN. There are other things. Um, other companies like PlayStation announced that digital game downloads have overtaken physical, physical game sales. And Activision also have said there's strong growth in digital game sales. Um, I think it's just kind of an interesting thing. Again, it's just like random, like Capcom's like, yeah, we do almost our entire business is digital. Of course, a big part of that was, I believe, Iceborne, which is expansion for Monster Hunter World. So, you know, maybe people already own the base game and just bought the thing digitally. But every company is saying digital is like a huge part of our business. And I know it's, you know, there are people out there who will be physical to the end, but these numbers are pretty astounding where it's the overwhelming majority of your business is digital. And it just... I mean, I can see why PS, you know, PlayStation would put out a, um, a, you know, both options like a PS5 with a disc and without a disc. Um, just because, yeah, like digital is such a. I, I've been a digital only guy for a while now, but there are people who are like, oh man, it, it won't happen this this time. It'll happen, you know, two generations from now. And it's just like these companies are like, no, nah, like you're in the vast minority if you still buy a disc. I just think that that's interesting numbers, and all these companies are kind of saying the same thing kind of worries me for retail places specifically GameStop you know they've been in trouble for a while anyways and they attribute it to digital sales as well so so what do you what are you thinking man like I'm all digital so this works for me what are your what are your thoughts on physical versus digital it's kind of impending it's nothing really you really do about it I guess I'm very physical games um I I, I mean it's not like I don't get digital games but I have a tendency to like if I'm getting something on day one I almost always get it physical. Um, and I just do a pre-order and go like, you know, pick it up from Best Buy or something. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if it's just like an old school mentality of like, I like having a shelf with games on it. The same way I'm sitting right in front of a giant Blu-ray DVD shelf, just cause I, I, I like physical media and I like, uh, I like the idea of having like a, a tangible catalog. Um, and, uh, and part of me worries what it would be like, you know, if you, uh, you know, uh, it's 
paranoid, and I'm sure there's backups for this, but like, I know that like I have this disc right here, and it can't go anywhere. But like, I worry about like you know my uh, you know my I I fall for some goofy phishing attempt, and all of a sudden my my Steam account is gone, and I just lost all the money I spent on that forever. So there's at least a part of me that's like, I'll keep getting physicals as long as it's an option. I'm not gonna like bankrupt myself if it becomes like stupid and they start, you know, hedging it towards everything being digital and you have to kind of go out of your way to be physical. I'm not gonna hold on to it. But while it's still an option, I'm I'm sticking with it. I think I, I always knew though, at least I assumed that I was one of the outliers. So seeing the numbers, seeing eighty percent is shocking, but uh definitely doesn't surprise me that digital is where it's at. Yeah, for me it's it's just how soon like Two, three years ago, it was like, yeah, we're getting close to 50-50. And now it's just like, we're at 80% for Capcom. Other companies are, you know, probably closer to the 70s. Like, there's, and again, it's, if you think about it, that kids born in, you know, the year 2000 or later who were now buying consoles and buying games, they've literally only grown up in a digital age. And, like, if you were born in 2000, you're, I guess, 2020, you're a 20-year-old adult, right? And you yeah. did not grow in a time where... There was VCRs, Blockbuster was gone by the time you were a teenager. Like, it's just how the trend is. For me, I like the option for people who want it. Personally, I, it's easier, right? I just do what's easiest for me. And I see what you're saying. Like, if you lose your account and you just lose everything, that sucks. Um, that's what everyone two-step uh, off the, you know, two-step all your stuff just to be extra safe. But, I mean, yeah, for me, it doesn't matter. I mean, I like Game Pass. I like services you know the only thing that i might like more is like 4k blu-rays just because you know it gives you that 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 best image you know and you don't really have to worry about buffering but outside of that man i just the only time i buy physical is whenever i can get like a ridiculously good sale and it's cheaper than the physical um outside of that i don't but yeah as long as it's still an option whatever let people do what they want to do but uh yeah i'm not shocked at the numbers but how quickly it happened like what will it be next year are we going to be at 90 percent like, I don't know. It'll be interesting the thing to look at, but uh, numbers were a little surprising. Um, again, I've been worried about GameStop for a while now, but I don't I don't think that they make it to a PS6. I don't even know if they make it to a couple years into PS5, Xbox, Series X, but I guess we will see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've had my own personal issues with their business practices for, for a while, so I haven't, I haven't bought a game from a GameStop in five years, something like that, four or five years. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I know, like, I, and I had this issue with my PS4, where I had, um, I had someone else had somehow gotten into my Sony account and claimed that their PlayStation was the primary PS4 on my account. So anytime I, anytime I lost internet, I, like, couldn't play in my entire digital library. And as far as I know, there's not really ways around that, because I, I battled it for years, because you can only reset which which uh, console is your primary one every six months. And so the person, whoever had my account knew that and would reset it, claim there's the thing. And so I waited and I had to like time it up. And so I finally caught it one day on like the six month mark and got it reset and put in my name and my password had all been changed and everything where I just kept getting locked out of my own account. That was for a good two years. I mean, maybe more Sony problem than a games problem or maybe once things get more digital they'll have more ways to keep that from being an issue but i don't know i think so many people have figured out the the way to you know share games they shouldn't across their account multiple people that there's going to be a little bit of a battle there but i don't know um 
It's uh, it's definitely interesting. Interesting to see where it's going. Also, I'm one of the. F- I don't know how many. I'd love to see their numbers, but I still have a GameFly subscription that I use all the time, and uh, and I'm a big fan of it. I've been burned so many times by the full price game, and now it's not as important because I'm an adult and I can afford. I have more expendable income, and I can you know I can buy a game and not really miss the sixty bucks. But there was a long period in my life where that sixty bucks was like make or break. If I was going to spend full price on something, it needed to be very well worth it. And there were a lot of times where it just wasn't. So the fact that Gamefly existed and I can do that and still play a bunch of games at launch with just paying the monthly fee. Like, I played Skyrim on day one through Gamefly. I played Horizon Zero Dawn day one through Gamefly. Like, there's been a lot of games that I played and other games that, like, I was hesitant about. That I was like, well, you know, that may be good, but... I don't know if I can, you know, afford the 60 bucks. So I'll game fly it and then go, nope, I was super wrong. I'm going to go out and buy it right now and send it back and rent something else. And I've been doing that for 10 years, something like that with Gamefly. Very long-term employer or a, a customer, I guess I should say. But yeah, it'll, uh, it seems like the change is coming, but um, we'll see how long it takes. I think I'm going to hold out until it's just really, it becomes stupid not to change over. Yeah, you'll just be the last guy with the Blockbuster card. I did the Blockbuster game exchange program up until I was like, Blockbusters are going to be gone and Gamefly is better. But I did do that for a while, and it was nice. Random thing, whenever Blockbuster closed, I had two games rented, and I went back, and by the time I had to return it, they literally were closed and gone. So I just got to keep two free video games. Nice. I still have a copy of The Sims 2 Bustin' Out for GameCube. That has the blockbuster, uh, like it was the blockbuster case because I rented it, and didn't return it for so long that my late fees got to the point where it was just going to be me buying the game from them. Yeah. So I just bought the game from them. <laughs> just wait a couple more years. You want to pay anybody anything? <laughs> oh no, I don't have to at all. It was, it was, uh, it was. Once I bought it, I was like, "This is your copy now. Congratulations. We have one less copy of The Sims 2 busting out, sir." <laughs> it's like, high commodity. Right. I'm going to hold on to that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful game. Wonderful experience. It was a good time. All right. So for the last news item, I'm going to let you take the lead because I have not watched this showcase, the Devolver Digital Showcase, what we're talking about next. I have not watched it. I know some of the announcements, and apparently their stuff's always wacky and crazy. But just walk us through what actually happened at Devolver. It was absolutely a wacky conference. I shouldn't say conference, showcase, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, classic Devolver. Very silly. They still you know even though you you know it's mostly you'll consider it indies and uh and it's just very strange strange presentation but they still got shuhei yoshida jeff Keeley, and phil spencer to all be on it so they're definitely doing something right over there but uh yeah they announced well not announced some of these games had already been announced but they just gave more footage or announced release dates things of that nature for uh shadow warrior 3 just coming in 2021 Looks like that one will be on Xbox. Uh, most of the games they announced will actually not be on Xbox, so we're going to kind of gloss over those. But Fall Guys comes out August 4th. That's one of the ones that's not on Xbox. Skip it. Looks like a Battle Royale, like Platformer, which is an interesting idea. You start as 60 people, and it's like a, a uh, an obstacle course platformer that you run through, and the last person standing is the winner. Like, that's interesting Battle Royale take that I haven't seen yet. But um, the next one they showed was Carrion which is a like 2D platformer where you are the monster in the space station. You're like this giant red tentacle beast, and the enemies are all like the humans trying to defend against the intruding alien. 
but you're the alien. Uh, and it, it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty like, you know, minimalist old, like, uh, I guess very colorful, like eight bit. What, what do we need to call the new, like the modern era eight bit stuff? Cause it ain't eight. the eight bit that's all old, like the NES. It's like enhanced eight bit or something. Yeah. Like, uh, God, I think I was listening to kind of funny. I think somebody said eight bit plus eight bit plus is good. Yeah. So like it's that. an eight bit plus game and it looks very like. It's very Metroid, where you're going around the space station, and it's Metroidvania, but you are a uh, a giant, red, terrifying tentacle monster that murders the humans. And uh, it was interesting. And that one will be on Game Pass on the day of the launch, July 23rd. So um, that one, you know, if you have Game Pass, will be right there ready for you on the day it launches. So no penalty there. And the rest of these games will not be on Xbox, but there was a game called Aaliyah on Switch and Steam. Uh, Serious Sam 4, which they've been making forever, that'll be on Steam and Stadia in August. And then a free game on Steam called Devolverland Expo, which is an interactable game where they just watch the trailers for the games from the showcase and interact with like a Devolver style theme park. But it's all like ads and marketing, but it's free on Steam. If anyone wants to check out what weird experience that is and see the ads for Sirius Sam and Carrion inside of a game. Very weird meta. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that was all they covered. Um, Only, uh, yeah, six games and only two of them that will be coming to Xbox at some point. Shadow Warrior 3 and Carrion. Yeah, Devolver's very big on the PC and Switch thing, but I do like a lot of Devolver's games. I'm definitely ready to play Carrion. Um, People love those Shadow Warrior games, so good on Devolver. They do good stuff. I like them. Yeah. Got to keep the uh, the big indies around. Keep the big indies alive. All right, so next we're going to move on to a listener question. It's not really a question. It's more of my boy Riku, who we heard on the Kingdom Hearts uh, episode or review. Uh, he just sends me uh, uh, articles on Twitter whenever cool things happen. And he sent me this one a couple hours ago. Uh, it's just from comic book, comicbookresources.com. Uh, Dark Horse to publish Assassin's Creed Valhalla prequel comic. Sounds good to me. I've I was always a sucker for those like video game comics. They're like, you need to know this. So whenever they have that coin in the game, you know what it is. But I'm like, I like mm. it looks pretty and I like Assassin's Creed. So I will for some reason actually I got the Laura Croft one. I think it was for Tomb Raider two. Mm-hmm. They did a prequel comic and I was like, you know what? I don't care if it's good. I like Tomb Raider. So I'm a sucker for those kind of things. Nice. Yeah, the the so. companion comics are always cool if they're not necessary. As soon as it's like how, and I didn't play this, so uh, shame on you or shame on me for you playing it or me for skipping it, I don't know. But uh, Final Fantasy XV got so like in-depth with all the companion stuff you needed to consume to have any of it make sense that like it can be very burdensome. But if it's just like, hey, here's a cool comic that if you read is cool, but if you don't, it you'll still play the game and have a good time. Always down for that kind of stuff. Yep, I think I wrote the Arkham Knight one as well before that game came out, and that was, was a fun time. The only um, the only problem with this series is they're trying to get me to care about a narrative in an Assassin's Creed game. So, oof. hey, I can explain to you. You know, I make fun of people for liking Kingdom Hearts and for liking Metal Gear, but I can give you the entire backstory of the Assassin's Creed series, and it sounds just as ridiculous. I apologize to whoever put you through that. Through what? Oh, that, that was myself. I chose to do that. Oh, <laughs> I love it. God. Bro, we talked about the Animus or the Animus 2.0? I don't, I don't talk about either of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Riku, for the uh, for the little news update. I appreciate it, my guy. 
All right, so now we will go on to the main quest. Here, Mr. Robo, where are you off to? Stop, I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure. And this week, we're going to be going over Ubisoft Forward, the Ubisoft or Ubisoft uh, digital event showcasing uh, some big new games. I did live tweet this and had a good time watching it live. They just real quickly, the pre and post show, pre show, they showed us like Trackmania Turbo and some Trials Rising stuff. But then the post show, they had, I think, about 30 minutes of Valhalla gameplay. So for those people complaining about not having Valhalla gameplay, you got. It had total like 45 minutes of it, so you're good. But anyways, Ubisoft Forward, good event. I'm just going to say, I like the event, but again, I'm also, I'm going to buy every one of the games that they were showed, just because I'm that sort of person. I don't know what it is about Ubi, but I love everything that they make. They just, that kind of open world game, just, it does it for me, and I get all their games. So I'm a sucker for it. I'm going to go ahead and say it was really good. Um, I guess just give me your top level thoughts, and then I guess we can go a little deeper in on uh, what we actually saw there. Um... So I feel like we should quickly at least mention the terrible timing of this, where they just fired or let go or however you want to word it, a bunch of their staff and higher-end employees because of abusive and terrible workplace situations, and then didn't address it all in their show. So, uh, interesting. (laughs) I guess I get not mentioning it, because you hope not everybody knows about it, and that you can just let it slide, let people enjoy Assassin's Creed, and then move on and deal with it tomorrow. But they starting with people very high up. I think one of the co-founders is now gone from the company and Eve Gomont yep. has stepped out, stepped in as, as the, the one developer to roll them all. Um, yeah. They made a tweet before they're like, we know that this is a thing. We're not going to mention it during this, yeah. this conference, but like we are very aware that it's a thing. Cause they literally just let those people go like the day before. So yeah, just wanted to at least quickly mention it and not overlook it the way their conference did. Um, but, uh, yeah, when we talk about the games, uh, they showed, they started with Watch Dogs Legion, right? Sure. I don't remember the, the that was the actually, first, I, I yeah, think. I believe so. Yeah. And that game looks super cool. I don't think we saw too much more than we had already seen at the last time they showed it off. Whatever event that was, my brain's melding together. E3, maybe last year, E3 last year, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then we obviously saw more, but it was just more things we were already kind of expecting. Where it was like, yeah, you really can play as anybody, and here's how this would go if you a uh, construction worker, and here's how it would go if you were a police officer, and whatever. And more of the same things that we'd kind of been seeing, but it was cool to see Not, it. They showed us uh, it John Wick. Like, that last character was literally John Wick. That was fun. Which one? I feel like I'm not, I feel like I missed that part. I saw the, the construction last... guy doing a lot of, like, gun-fu with his nail gun. But you know, the last guy was literally like a, a hitman secret service agent guy, and he just wore a black suit and was running through like a club that had like neon lights and techno music and just like one tapping people all over the place. He was literally John Wick. I guess that is fair. It's fair. That, that is an exact scene from John Wick. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it looks like it's, it's going to be, you know, it looks like they did nothing changed. Nothing big it was different that I saw that was like, Oh wow, that really you know changes the landscape of what this game is. It showed us more of what we already knew, which is cool. Um, and did we get a date? Yes, a that date, one. Right? Um, I'll look it up real quick, vamp for me. But I think that one is October 29th. I will double check to make sure. 
they yeah. we got release dates for everything that they showed at the uh, at the event. That's Except right. for the mobile games, but we're not going to talk about that. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to skip this. Watch Dogs time. Legion is coming out October 29th, yes. Okay, yeah, so... Sorry, yawn break. Feel free to edit this out. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, so that's coming out on October 29th. So that's nice. Uh, that's, again, not not that far. Every time I see these, these dates coming out, I'm like, oh, that's sooner than I expected, I guess, for whatever reason, but... um. Uh, yeah, it looks like it. It could be a good time. It could be the kind of open world I'm potentially looking for. In the same way that you, you know, you really like the style of open worlds that the Ubisoft studio does. I am the opposite. I have tried a lot of Assassin's Creeds and haven't enjoyed them. I played Watch Dogs One. You're talking about? I didn't play two. Even though I heard it was better. I just I was like, cool. It seems like they're making more games that aren't for me. And you know, you can only do the Grand Theft Auto thing so many times, and where it's just you know running around doing minor subquests that don't feel like they do a lot. And uh, may, I'm hoping Watch Logs will be different just because of the variety and the things you can do. And the selling point is that it's, it'll be nutty playing as old women and police officers and having your own squad of people. So that's this, this is the one that I'm most excited about of the games they talked about in this conference. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Like I, said, I, love, I like all these things. But yeah, uh, the idea of just recruiting everybody... You know, um, building out your own team, the whole fu- like semi future Neo London thing is awesome. And then also during that um, presentation, Phil Spencer popped up in a video and had, you know, this game is going to have uh, a smart delivery, and then the mm-hmm. Xbox Series X version will have ray tracing. So that should look real pretty. Yeah, definitely strengthening their odds of third party games going their way every time they. You know, specifically mention stuff being on smart delivery. I know a lot of PlayStation games like have it in the fine print that if you buy it there digitally, whatever. But I don't know. They they branded themselves really well. That I'm going to think about smart delivery and not about whatever PlayStation is doing when it comes to like buying games on the current gen and prep for next gen. So that's I think like the more they mention it, the better. The more of a favor they're doing themselves. For sure. Um, next we had again. I don't remember the order, but I think next would be the. Uh... Assassin's Creed. Actually, I think it might have been the other one, but we'll just so it was Hyperscape, but yeah. Talk about Assassin's yeah, we'll Creed. Just... Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, lots of gameplay. Um, the entire, they showed us like, the basis of the game, you know, the whole raid. I gotta remember the exact tweet about it, but it's like raid. They had the settlement stuff. They had, uh, you do like big assaults. Um, you know, playing the different characters. You can switch the gender on the fly. Like, some of the gameplay apparently is supposed to be more Dark Soulsy or a little more harder than some of the past couple ones, or just changed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can dual wield anything. It's like have a have a axe and a shield, or an axe and a sword, or how about two shields? Whatever you want to do. Um, we honestly we just got a lot on the game, and uh, again, Assassin's Creed. I was going to play it anyways. Uh, I I enjoyed everything I saw. Uh, I like these new Assassin's Creed games, the last three, Origins, Odyssey, and now Valhalla. I like how they kind of changed it, made it more RPG. And, I mean, I was impressed with the gameplay that I saw. I like all the RPG-ness of it, you know, make decisions. Any game that lets me have a settlement, I'm all in for. So uh, I enjoyed it completely. My only question is, am I going to play as girl or boy Ivor? That's really all I need to figure out for me. I'm glad you mentioned the settlements. That's what I was going to talk about. I am. I forgot about that when we first started talking about the game. I am. I am a thirst trap for a good, a good settlement or base builder within a game. You know, not just a base builder, but like 
anytime you give me the option to like take the place where us or the team or whoever it is are living, staying, operating for and like make improvements to it over time that have like real effects. I love that so much. Like it's one of my favorite parts about Pillars of Eternity. It's uh it's what the one reason I wanted to keep going back to the division. There were a lot of things I didn't enjoy about the division, but I loved working out of the, the uh, your your base and like okay well I need to upgrade the medical wing so I can get X Y and Z to happen and it's cool and the actual like place fills out you see the you know actual tangible differences in games like that and I love when people do it and do it well so that's gonna be one of the things that maybe actually pulls me into enjoying this Assassin's Creed and I want to see I want to get my hands on the dual wielding thing because if it's just if it's just that you can hold two weapons, but when you're dual-wielding all the attacks and stuff look the same, then that's kind of a fake thing they're talking about. Like, right? If it's just like, oh, well, now you're holding a sword and an axe, but it's the same as you're still just swinging them left, right, left, right. That's going to be kind of a boring letdown. But it, it, what it seems to be is that they're pitching the idea of, like, your combos and your combat is different because you have a sword and a mace versus a sword and an axe versus a sword and a shield. Obviously, the shield will probably be different, but that is the stuff that I'm, if there's like, you know, I look like I saw a flail at one point. Our character was using a flail, the uh, the old ball on the chain. And like, if that works into combos differently than the way, you know, a race does, then I am fucking in for that too. Like, seriously, that is cool stuff that I have not seen in many, if any, games ever. Most of them are just like, hey, you can dual wield. And there you go. It looks like you're dual wielding. Great. But like, that will be very cool to me. And I'm definitely going to play with like, okay, well, what if I, what if I put the uh, the mace in my strong hand and the sword in the front hand, and maybe it's different than if you swap and it's different. Maybe you're, you know, there's there's a lot there, and it's it's got my hopes up that they're doing some really cool stuff with it. At the rate they mentioned it, you would hope that's the direction it's going, and that's going to be very cool to me. And uh, yeah. and yeah, raids are cool. A lot of these Assassin's Creed stuff, like I get so tired of games that force you, force you into stealth missions. And I get it. That's what the game is. I just avoid the genre a lot of the time. But like, they're like, nope, these are these are Vikings. You're gonna run in and set their town on fire and fight in the streets and like, or in not the streets, but you know the roads, pathways, whatever. Uh, like large scale battles with your army behind you. Like, yeah, I'm I'm super in for that kind of stuff. So this is I'll try it. Like I tried Odyssey, and I gave up on Odyssey just because it's giant and unfulfilling. Uh, and I'm hoping that this will be different, and if it's not, I'll play it for a bit and enjoy it for like 10 hours, and then give up and never play it again. The same way I did with Odyssey. Yeah, I know they specifically mentioned that they're like, yeah, a lot of people thought Odyssey was too big, and they have scaled this back. Like, there's still a lot of stuff to do, but it's not... Because I love Odyssey, but that world is massive. I can definitely see someone being like, this is too much. And they, when, they took that illustration. And a big open world is not inherently bad. It's 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 good, usually, if it's used well. But, like, just like all the Assassin's Creed's game in the past, the reason I, I, I skipped so much of the franchise along the way, I always come back in every, like, fourth game just, just to see. And every time it's like, oh, hey, man, do you like doing this thing? It's fun, right? It's fun just, you know, you go, oh, you climb this tower and you look at stuff and, oh, that's great. And then stabbing people's cool. Do you want to do that and only that for a really long time? And I go, no, no, actually. Is that, is that all there is to the game? And they go, yeah. I go, oh, that sucks, actually. Uh, and that's what happened with the first one, and that's what happened with Odyssey, where it's it's on a bigger scale. But once I, like, took over the area and did the whole thing and, like, 
all right, great. We took over the area and now it's in these people's hands. And you zoom out the map and it's like, I got to just take over these areas over and over again, 36 times. And it's the same kind of quest every time to take over the area. All right. That's always the point where I call it quits. It's like, all right, I see what this game is. I'm not doing this another 30 times. Thank you. Goodbye. So hopefully that's not exactly the case here, but it seems like it's going to be like, raid this settlement. Here's another settlement. Raid that settlement. Go up on the river. There's another area. Raid that settlement. And then it's it's wash, rinse, repeat. So that's that's my concern. There's lots of elements that are cool, and hopefully the loop is worth it, and they make the settlements rewarding enough that it's like it feels like I'm actually working towards something, but they got to prove it to me first. Yeah. No. I mean, there's. Uh, I think. I mean, we'll see if you like it or not, but I think they've made enough changes where you can come at things different ways and. It's a little more RPG than the other ones. We'll see if you like it. I'm going to play the hell out of this regardless. I'll play the DLC. I'll do all of it. Yeah. I'm that guy. And the more they're leaning into the RPG side, the better. Because that's... I enjoy that. You know, the ability to level and get new weapons and swap out armor. Favorite part. But it was it was just looking at it once I got to that point that I realized I wanted to stop. But the actual, like, finding the weapons and doing stuff, that was all great. So if you give me more of that, cool. Embrace that part. Absolutely. And we'll get a hands on it pretty soon. November 17th. Um, <laughs> I was talking about this in a, in a Discord group that this game is November. I said Legion is October 29th. And then Cyberpunk is November, what was it, 19th, I believe? Was oh, Cyberpunk? I've forgotten already. I'm, gonna look it I'm not, it's, it's also November. So regardless, I'm going to play three gigantic open world games in uh, about a month span within each other. So I'm going to have a full holiday season. So that- no, but, uh, Cyberpunk is November 19th. Good call. 19th. Yeah, yep. I am going to uh, not play Legion or Valhalla because I'm going to be just planning on playing Cyberpunk, I think. I'll play all of them like a madman because I'm insane. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, only sure. two more. One of them, I think they're both relatively short things. Uh, the first one I guess we'll, we'll just talk about is, is Hyperspace. Uh, the Battle Royale from Ubisoft that went into open beta on PC. Um, I have jumped into this and played this a, a good a little amount. Mm-hmm. I think it is a good one of those games, and we'll talk about it more in a little bit. But uh, yeah, that was interesting news. That game just kind of came out into a couple weeks ago, I believe, maybe a week or so ago. And then they're like, hey, now it's open to everyone, and it's coming to console soon. And when I talk more about it in a second, I will explain how soon I think that game's coming to console. So uh, I think that's cool. I mean, I don't know how into Battle Royals you are, but it's free to play. It looks pretty. It plays really nice. So. The answer is not very, so I, and I know I saw you talked about it already whenever I finally got around to watching the uh, cool, this one's all Adam's dig, and be our, our commentary guy on this one. See, I don't have a, it looks like, it looks like probably, I enjoyed Apex much more than I enjoyed Fortnite, and I never played PUBG. I feel like this would be above Fortnite, and around Apex maybe, just from the way it looks, but who knows. It's- it definitely plays more like Apex than I would say any of the other ones. If you're going to do a comparison, it would be closer to Apex than any yeah. of the other Battle Royals. It definitely yeah. looks way more like it. Um, yeah. But that's that's about my... my I am very limited on those, as I have not put much time into any of them and do not typically enjoy them. But that's... Yeah. It looks like people who do enjoy those games will enjoy it. It looks like it's very pretty, and it's got uh, it's got some cool mechanics that I can see that looks cool. So yeah, that, good time for you guys. Hell yeah. And then the last one it was just a super awesome trailer uh, for Far Cry 6, featuring my boy Juan Carlo. Um, and yeah, it's coming out in, I believe that one is February 24th, 2020. 
Uh, again, I'm a sucker. I will play a Far Cry game anytime and put put Mr. Uh, Esposito in literally anything, and I will watch <laughs> it or play it. So, again, we haven't seen the gameplay. It was all just a CG trailer, but he's a fantastic actor, sets a really cool mood, and um, there's apparently a dog named Chorizo with a wheelchair, so that'll be a fun thing as well. That's wonderful. I did see a little bit of that. I, I did see the reference to the the wiener, what was it, a wiener dog and a schnauzer? Some sort of combo tiny dog that's named Chorizo, and that's great. I can't help but feel like that's a reference to Portillo in some way. Greg Miller's dog, Greg Miller's dachshund, who's named after a hot dog, and this is a different wiener dog that is named after sausage. It's not, I mean, maybe that's unoriginal, and that's what it is. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I played, I loved Far Cry 3, or, uh, yeah, Far Cry 3. Tried to play 4, felt like more of the same, skip 5. So we'll see what happens with six. Again, yeah. Is it? Am I saying it wrong? Is it Giancarlo Esposito? I believe it is. Is Giancarlo Esposito. with a silent? Okay, uh, Mr. Esposito. Yeah, he is. Cool enough, I guess. I have never watched Breaking Bad. I know I'm one of the few, so feel free to to gasp at me. But uh, I know him from Community. Was the first thing I saw him in. Weirdly enough, uh, <laughs> and uh, and now The Mandalorian, obviously. But um. Yeah, he seems talented, and that trailer looked really cool. And I've seen rumor and speculation that the young boy may be more familiar. Did you see any of this? Yeah, he's got the the scar that Voss has. Um, yeah, that would be timelines interesting. Would have to line I mean, up. timelines would have yeah, to the timelines are weird, but it is also another island country, so we'll see. Could just be that everyone thinks a scar through the eyebrow is cool, even on a kid. I mean, it is cool. Like they're not. Wrong. <laughs> Anytime a game has scars, I'm like, all right. Or, typically, I try to do the scar through the full eye, you know, not just the eyebrow. I try to go the vertical, the down. vertical yeah. through from the forehead to the cheek across the eye. So they they at least had the same idea for the eyebrow. But yeah, I think that's one we need to. We're gonna wait and see and see what's more and see what's added. How different is five from four? Four seemed like, hey, you know that thing you like? Here it is again. I enjoy. Was five? Was five more uh, of that? It seemed like a much I mean, different story in that it's you know it takes place in America. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I mean, the, the games. I mean, they're open world where you shoot and play stuff. Uh, I liked five uh, more than four. And setting is a big thing to do with it. Like all the games have fantastic uh, villains and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, honestly, the setting and um, getting like the the guns for hire and all that stuff. There's just there's a little different. Again, it's I mean, it's an annualized franchise. Uh, the difference is you know, kind of make a big deal for me. Yeah, like, being in America, having these characters go around with you, you get a dog and a and a bear named Cheeseburger as a friend, it's a, it's mm, a good time. That's nice. I did beat four. It took me, like, ten minutes, but I beat it. Yeah, yeah, I did that one, too. I started it that way. And I was like, alright, cool, I did it, now I'll play a little bit of games. So I, did, I did at least, can't at least say I beat Far Cry 4. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens with six. Yeah. I like the, uh, looks like there, there's a lot of, um, Maybe they're taking a little bit of three and four and a little bit of five and putting them together. You know, nation and civil unrest and corrupt leader and revolution and all that. But also, still, you said it's back in like an island country. So, trying to combine a little bit of the themes from the previous games. Like I said, there is supposed to be another uh, Ubi Forward event uh, later this mm-hmm. year. So, I'm sure we'll actually start getting a play at the end of the year whenever that whenever that show comes out. If I, I would assume guess. the game comes out in February. And yes. Would, yeah, you would assume the one later this year they'll definitely show a lot more and get some details on gameplay differences and yada yada. 
and that'll be it for our main quest this week. Now we're going to move on to what we've been playing. Uh, I'll go ahead and start it out because it kind of relates to the last thing we were talking about. But I played, at this point, I probably played about an hour or so of hyperspace, or hyperscape, my bad, not hyperspace. Um, I guess I went into open beta, I downloaded it, had a good time. I played a solo and I played some squads. Uh, I think that this one, it's such a difficult market to break into, right? Because there's so many of those games out. Um, but I feel like this is one of the ones that'll stay around, right? So it's very much the movement is apex. Like you want to always be moving. Um, like you, you know, you move pretty fast. You can do your slides and all that good stuff. You just double jump at all times, which is always fun. Just constantly clamoring up stuff. Um, it works a little differently. Uh, the enti- it's entirely an urban setting, which I think is very interesting. It's the parts from Call of Duty Warzone that I like. I like the whole urban infantry thing, but I don't really like Warzone a ton based on how the weapon system works, but whatever. Um, it's a big urban setting. It's in the in the future. Um, some of the things that are different about it is you drop in, you pick up, you have two things called glitches, which are like random powers. So you know how like in Overwatch or Apex or whatever, everyone's got like your ultimates and your, your special abilities, right? You pick them up just randomly whenever you're looting around the map and you just pick it up and you'll have it. So like there's a thing where you turn into a giant ball and you bounce around and it's good for escaping and your armor when you do it. Or there's literally one that heals people or one that reveals enemies whenever, you know, you're looking at the area. Um, there's just a bunch of different powers. And then whenever you find loot and it's the same loot, it powers it up. So like it starts at level one, but then you find, oh, here's, I took uh, the wall ability. Oh, I found another wall ability. Now it's a level two wall ability and so on and so forth. And then you can find those abilities that are already maxed out to level four. Everything goes level. So that's really cool that you just double up on loot. It's called fusing. And then your loot gets stronger. And then same thing with weapons. You just find weapons and either they can be fully kitted out or they could be you know full like max max level or you just find multiples so that's that's a cool thing where you you're looting the same things switching your stuff up and all that gunplay feels great um whenever you're playing uh i think it's a twitch integration thing where it's like the people can vote like oh i want this match to have low gravity and then all of a sudden you literally just fly all over the place for a couple minutes Hmm. so and uh, there's no circle um it's like a giant city and there's like different boroughs and districts and they'll start to disappear. So you have to get out of it. It's not like most Battle Royales where you take damage. It's just like, get out of this place, because whenever it comes fully pixelized, it disappears, and you just fall through the world and die. Mm. So it's interesting. There's enough little differences here and there to make it interesting, and it I, it feels really nice. It feels really fluid. Um, I think it's going to be a good thing. And it's in PC right now. Literally, when you start the game up, and you watch the little intro video, they show controls that are just Xbox controls. Like, it shows people playing the game, and it's like LB and RB for your ultimates, or for your little your little glitch powers, which on PC, or, you know, it's the, the top two buttons next to the W. But I'm like, this is literally just an Xbox controller. There's, there's the left bumper, right bumper, there's Y, there's A. Like, it's just... So I don't know when that game's going to come out. I assume it's probably going to come out pretty soon for, for consoles. But there's... I can play with a, a controller right now in PC. I can just plug it in, and it just works. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get dumped on by all the PC kiddos, but the options are there. That should be coming out soon. So this week, all I've really played is Hyperspace and then our Game Pass Weekly game. But Hyperspace, it's free. You like Battle Royals. I straight check it out. It's closer to Apex than anything else, and I it's probably my second favorite Battle Royal out right now. Okay, behind Apex, right? Yeah, Apex is my go-to. Gotcha. 
you said is the gun you said the gun plays comparable to Apex, better around there, worse? Um the gunplay feels very quick and snappy. It looks and again, I I just started playing PC games, mm-hmm. but it feels very much like again, I haven't played the game, but whenever I see clips of Valorant or it's like, you know, quick mm-hmm. zoom, shoot the bullets, you know, there's not really like a lot of jump like your guns aren't going all over the place. So and also the weapons aren't like there's not crazy fantastical weapons. Oh, that kind of is. There's like a big rocket launcher thing and there's SMGs and all that stuff. So I would say that the gunplay is closer to I guess it'd be closer to Apex than to like definitely like a Fortnite or a Call of Duty or whatever. So uh but again playing on PC it feels real 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 smooth. I like it a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, that that became a big sticking point for shooters for me. If I play it and I feel like your bullets are like RNG it's like I'm I'm aiming oh. at the thing. How come no hit? Then like, and they're standing still. Like as soon as that happens, being a shooter, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just not gonna play this anymore because it's not it's not how. No, it feels very easy to hit people. You work. don't it do, you don't seem to do a ton of damage unless, of course, you do like a headshot with a sniper. So yeah. the time to kill is is a little up there. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely hitting my shots, and you know I'm not. I just started playing PC, so no, it feels it's not random. It feels like all right, you're hitting the dude, but you got to keep on them just a little bit to take them out. I'm okay with that. That's my favorite shooters have always been ones where you don't hit somebody once and they're dead. There's a couple of capable like I, you know, come from the era of of Halo, where you've got enough time where like you're getting shot, you can turn around and try to put up a fight. You're still gonna probably die, but I like that era of I like that style of shooters. Maybe I would like that a little more. Yeah, I mean, with the like mobility. Overwatch, yeah, I have like physical like health bars that you can actually like see and stuff. That's oh yeah, yeah, that. no, yeah, you can you can see everyone's health bar. Like you see the number and you see their health bar go down. That's and nice. uh, with with the mobility, like it's you can get caught off guard, but you're probably not going to die immediately. You can you have enough mobility to get around and try to try to do your best in a fight. Very oh yeah, and when cool. you die, you become a ghost, and um, you can still scout stuff out for your teammates. And then whenever someone dies, that becomes a spawn point. That's also another thing that they do. Hmm. Wait. So if you're a spawn point for who? For you. So if I die, right? We're fighting a squad and I die. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna follow these dudes around to tell you where they are, and then my teammates kill them. Where they killed that person, they can send there, and I'll come over and they can respawn me at that point. Ah, so you can come back. Okay, gotcha. Yes, that is how the respawn works in that game. Nice. It's really it interesting. Feels, so it feels like dodgeball. Yeah. If you catch the other team's ball, you can bring an ally back. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> you bring someone somebody. back. There you go. I appreciate yeah, that. So. Okay. It's a good time. It's different. It's interesting. I'll keep playing the beta and see how it is, but uh, it's a good time. Very cool. Hyperscape. Love updates. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've pretty much have played mostly our, our weekly Game Pass game, um, but I did spend most of, of last night, for one of the only nights in the week, playing League of Legends again for the first time in like two months. And it's uh, still League of Legends, man. I think I played six or seven games, and one of them was a normal game. That no one quit, like it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, that game's. I can, can only play it if I've got five. Like there's five of us that are friends who are playing. I tried. I mean, it was me and a buddy were playing, so at least two of us. So I know it was just like I, I play support in League of Legends. Uh, and he plays the other bot laner, the ADC, the attack damage carry. And uh, you know, at least we had our lane solid every game, and we knew like that person wasn't gonna quit, but like. When you got a game that's built to be five on five and someone quits out and it's like the games are 30, 40 minutes, it's just the most frustrating thing in the world. Because you know you're like, this is not, it's not like, you know, a, a 
Call of Duty or Overwatch where someone can jump in after somebody quits and joins halfway. That doesn't happen. So it's like, all right, well, cool. That person just left, and now I'm going to waste however much of my time because this dude's like AFK from his, like, so sucks. There's a lot of that, but it was, uh, it still managed to be fun in some of the games. Yeah, I, really I enjoy love the League in the right circumstances, but. Yeah, I love listening to. Yeah, I love when people talk about League or Dota, and it's just like, I wasted 30 minutes, and the team random suck ended up, but I love playing this game, and I played it for 2,000 hours. I'm just like. No, All I'm, right. de- I'm definitely not one of those people. I'm, I, I have almost, I've played more games with a full stack of five people than I've played any other way. Like, I, I'm not one of the people who can just jump on League and, like, spend hours playing it and try to jump into games. I can't do it. I have to, like, recruit my friends and try to get as many people on as possible. One, just because it's probably the most communication-based game I've ever played. Or, like, that's, it's incredibly important. and um. And also, you don't have to worry about anyone quitting and like, or like, purposefully like trolling. It's just such like a, it's such an investment every time that as soon as one person quits or decides to be a troll, it's just like I have to waste, I have to waste so much time now because of you. <laughs> like, it's so easy to just quit out of a, of whatever, of a, of a ten minute game of of Call of Duty or something that your team's down a lot, or they add the players back in and it makes it, it's fine. But like that doesn't happen with League of Legends. It's you're you're stuck. Enjoy. Like if a person quits super early, then you can kind of do like a forced quit, but then you'd have to search and find a game, and that's never fast. But it uh once you finally get like an actual good game that's competitive and both teams are playing and not being goofy, it's always very fun. And like the intensity is high and uh and it feels really good when stuff goes your way. There's one game we were playing where we were probably on our way to losing the game and me and my person we were playing with we were doing okay we we're probably losing in our and we uh got into like three random team fights where we all grouped up five on five we lost like two or three stupid team fights in a row and it made no sense and then the other team just didn't manage to capitalize on it and get any like big objectives or anything once we were all dead and then all of a sudden we pulled some crazy team fight and and Killed all five of their team, swept them with just. A, I was playing Sona, who's my my support, my lady support, um, and she's the best. And uh, I hit the whole team with ultimate, stunned them. The power characters all came in and swept up and got all the kills. And then we were on the verge of winning, and the other team surrendered. And it was that quick of like a comeback and a turnaround. And I was like, that was incredible. And I'm going to ride this high for the next four games where everyone's going to quit. <laughs> that was all. That was all it took. <laughs> That's all it took. Hey, as long as you get that high. Again, I'm used to beating my head against the wall, but once you get that that win or that chicken dinner, it's all worth it, dude. Yeah, it's fair. But it's uh, it's league. It's always been league. But everyone, the nice thing, no one was like a vocal jerk, which is like I can't. That's, but most of the reason I don't play multiplayer games. Like I finally got into the Valorant beta, and it's just terrible people. <laughs> like I don't. And again, and again, in a game that it requires communication. And, you know, people are watching which point and you're trying to do like, the you know, coordinate where your bomb stuff should go. And just everyone on there is just the worst kind of gamer, man. And like every time I play any of these games, I'm like, I get it. I get why people look at it. Look at us this way because <laughs> we can't. Some of this community can't help ourselves and we just have to be the worst kind of people. And uh, it's so terrible all the time. And like. I watched a video today where some like some 
like girl was like playing Valorant and her teammates like made her cry because they were just talking shit about her the whole game. And some other girl that was on the team was jumping in and like girl gamers and stuff. And it was like, dude, why are we not better than this at this point? Like, I can't, I can't deal with it. And as soon as it happens in a game, it makes me just want to never go back. Like, so why? Trying to relax. I'm an adult who works like 40 hours a week. I'm not trying to deal with that shit. So like a full night of League of Legends with everybody being super amazing. Amazing time. Always nice. It's nice. Work. Yeah. That's why it's, I, it's I sad that it's a pleasant surprise though. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I do party chat on Xbox and it's not as bad. You don't have to listen to anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have I'm a lifelong muter. If I ever played Halo, Call of Duty, anything, mute everybody. Overwatch, Absolutely. the audio's so quiet I've never heard any person speak when playing Overwatch. I played a lot. So that's never never gotten me. But like some of these games where it's very important to like the gameplay and the success of your team, it's like there's nothing like I'm supposed to listen to them because they you know, they can call where the enemy's coming from and in like high stakes games like that where you like you die once and then you're out like for the rest of the round. You like need to be able to talk and stuff and then when they suck, it's just awful. <laughs> and I, it makes me hate playing video games. <laughs> so be better. Yeah. If you listen to our show, don't troll people. Be a good person on the internet. Enjoy things. Criticize things rationally and peacefully if they're happening. And and don't be a jerk to people on the internet. Hopefully you heed this message. Yes, that'd be amazing. That's the All kind right, of fans so... we want. Exactly. Right. I don't want people, those jerks. People you want to go on a quest with, not a quest to destroy. Oh, I like that. Yeah, let's go destroy those guys in the Valorant uh, general <laughs> chat. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to Game Pass Weekly. Uh, Jake, go ahead and let me know what new things are coming this week. Yeah, so it looks like the only thing coming this week is that they are finally adding Halo 3 to the Master Chief Collection on Game Pass, but only on PC. Still waiting on the console to come out. Oh, no, console's already gone. It's already on console. It's, yeah, already, it's already on, on console. console. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that game originated on console and already exists on it. Yes. It's the kind of damn having Adam. But uh yeah, so we've got uh that finally on PC now. If you know we've talked about Halo a little bit already. You can go back and play it on PC now. Exclusively on Game Pass. I don't know if it's exclusive, but it sounded dramatic. I like it. Alright, so I guess I guess there's it's really not it's pretty light for Game Pass. Um mm-hmm. so I guess we'll go ahead and get to a review of last week for the King, uh which is available on Game Pass, of course. Uh, yeah, For the King, a roguelike, hex-crawl, turn-based RPG game. I don't know how to explain the rest of it. It's it's a lot of... It feels it's like a, a lot of genres mixed in one, but For it's the King, game. I personally like this game a lot. Like I said last week, I bought it, I think, three times. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I want to hear your thoughts, because that is a game... I had uh, my friend uh, Corey from the Cretans Guild. Uh, I, I bought him a copy of it, and I I kind of mentioned it to him, and he's like, I don't even want to give you my review because you already know I like it just as much as you. I'm like, that's very true. But it's a very specific game for a very specific person. I knew that going in. So how do you feel about it? I'm a very specific person. Oh. That's a lead-in. Yeah, no, I like this a lot. Um, I did not get to experience the roguelike aspect of it because I didn't get to... uh, For those who don't know, whenever you start the game, you have the option to pick a handful of adventures that all have their own little stories built into them. I think there were about six or seven. And you can pick the difficulty as well. So I was like, well, 
I don't know the differences between all these. I'll just pick the first one, which is called For the King. Um, and I did not die, and I did not beat it. So I didn't get to see what roguelike elements there are, as far as like do your characters keep leveling up, so I'll let you fill in a little bit of that for me. But even without the roguelike part, and just playing it through with your... Uh, you get to choose from, for me starting, a pool of four characters. There was a, a blacksmith, sorry, melee tanky. There was a, uh, a hunter, who's just a ranger, a bow user, high awareness wisdom stat. Um, there was a, a scholar who was just a wizard, just changed the name of all these D and D things. And there was a, what's the bard called? Minstrel. The minstrel, yeah, and it's a bard, and they use loots and everything, and they've got some healing and blah blah blah. But um, so you pick three characters to roll with out of those four, and I guess you can do any combination of those. I didn't think about doing like two blacksmiths or anything, but I guess you could do that, and you customize your little character up, and you can name them and everything, and pick their hair color and skin color and all sorts of stuff, and uh, it is, yeah, I had a good time with it. It definitely has uh, a cool gameplay loop, and I like that the weapons and all feel different, give you different different abilities and stuff, and uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a good time with that game as far as I got. I don't know how, got to, I, how close I got to beating the, the first adventure I was playing. I was still kind of working my way through, but I think my characters were around level 9 the last time I played. You know, it's as high as I got around level around level nine, I think. But um, yeah, there's lots of cool aspects of that game, and it is uh, it was a good time. And I probably will probably won't play it all the time, but I'm definitely going to keep it installed on Game Pass and go back to it, and at least probably try to beat the For the King thing, just so I can at least say I beat one of them, and at least kind of experience what the roguelike elements are. But uh, yeah, that game's not going to kill me. I've I've been doing this I've been doing this turn-based RPG thing for too long. They're not going to kill me on my first out. I'm going to beat it and then come back and see what happens. I'll find out the stuff that way. I ain't taking <laughs> me down. Uh, yeah, if you you play turn-based RPG, you know to grind a little bit. You're you're fine. Not even. I think I've barely done any grinding. I've kind of stopped and hit stuff, but um, but no, just uh, just trying Wait, to just be do, smart do, about the mechanics. Yeah, don't don't skip combat encounters when you can. Yeah, that no, that's definitely don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, I think they—I think the enemies scaled too, though. So I don't even think grinding's all that helpful. Yeah, it depends what part of the world you're in. Is depends grind, on the level of the grind level. items. Make sure you yes. do the things that get you good items. Because even if your like strength stat is super good, if you're still using like the starter sword at level eight, you're doing the weapons. The damage is all comes through the weapons, not so much your character. And then your stats determine like how much hit. I liked how they did like kind of the. Uh, the hit system, where each weapon has, like, um, and again, it's very tabletop -y. So each weapon has, like, a set of dice that are associated with it. So, like, uh, my hunter is using, like, a lance right now, and it has four dice. And then the max damage with a normal hit is, like, 26. So then, for however many dice rolls that come through successfully, you can deal the max up to 26. So what's 26 divided by four? Not sure it goes in evenly. What's that? Four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty, twenty-four. It's six and a half. So we'll call it seven. So for every dice roll that you get, it does seven damage. And the higher your stat is with the like specific with the stat that goes along with that weapon, the better chance you have of getting those rolls. And then sometimes if you get all four, it does like a perfect thing and adds an extra stat. So like there's a it's a very cool thing that I haven't seen 
at least displayed on a game. Maybe there's some games I've played that keep that in the background for how the damage rolls come out, but I've never seen it, you know, as the main mechanic almost, and I and I like it. Yeah, I love being able to actually see it, especially because you'll you'll look at a weapon. Um, it'll be like, oh, this weapon's pretty good, but you have to roll eight times. It's like I don't know if how much I like that because you're never gonna get a perfect with that. Oh, but see, I like. I like that way more. I, I didn't get to the eights, but I got to like the fives. Oh, great. The, the more segments, the better. Because even if I miss like one of them, I'm still doing like 25 damage out of 30. Where some of the ones were like, this one's got two dice and it hits for 30. But if you miss just one of them, your damage is halved. Yeah. And it's true. like, oh, that is punishing. Like the cannons. I wanted to use the cannons so bad as they look so cool. And just wielding a cannon with your arms feels great, I'm sure. <laughs> But uh, as soon as it's like, oh, there's only one dice for it, so either you do full damage or zero, oh, that's punishing. I could never bring myself to use them. Yeah, and there are even certain weapons that have uh, that break if you get all if you miss every dice. Um, yeah, the special ones. That's right. I've never, I never even got close to that happening. I never, uh, oh, I've, good. I've, I don't think I'd ever on any of my weapons missed two. You know, there was one time with that lance where there's a special ability where you can deal way more damage, but you're less likely to hit. So one time I missed like three on that one, but I almost never, like, it was almost, you know, I missed one, maybe. I stuck to the pretty high accuracy stuff. Yeah, that's the way to go. Um, so yeah, as far as that game, again, I love this game. I think it's fantastic. I, I uh, mirror all the things that you say about it. The roguelike thing, so have you been playing that game, you get these things called lore books, which you've been collecting as you've been playing, kind of yes. in the background. Yes, wonder you know. what those are for. So whenever you either go back to the menu or you die or you beat it, um, there's a thing called like the lore store, and that's how you buy new encounters. Because the game's procedurally generated, the map is. So like to buy the other, I think there's a total of like eight or ten character classes. So you'll use the lore book points mm. and you'll buy the new character classes. And then you'll buy new random encounters and you can buy new weapons that are in the world and you can... Yeah, so you play it, you go over and over and play it over and over again, get your lore books, and more things start to happen in the game. That makes sense. I was wondering what those books were for the whole time. I never bothered to open the lore store and see. Yes, that is what that uh, is. Okay, so that's cool, okay. I didn't know if you'd keep the same characters leveled up, and, you know, that's no, how... when you start a new adventure, they go back to level one, but then again, the roguelike part of it, you have all this new equipment, these new encounters, good or bad... All of that's in there. So that's the roguelike part is you go back and there's new things and it's procedurally generated. Gotcha. And I, I like, definitely want to go back and get more characters unlocked. Yes. I can tell Ten. you the exact character you need to get because it is the perfect healer in the game. But anyways. Yeah, that's that's the big downfall. I did not pick the minstrel because I was like, well, they recommend starting with the blacksmith hunter wizard. And that's fair. You know, so I'll, I'll stick with that and see how it goes. And not really having a good source of healing. Oh man, is it dangerous? Yeah, I've got some strategies for you, but <laughs> and we can we can tell you from our experience with actual tabletop gaming, we've played one game that did not have a healer, and you can guess how that goes. We all died. Only yeah. time in me and Adams, we played one, two, now three. As of last week, three campaigns together, and one, two one shots. And only one of them has everyone die. And it was the one where there was no healer there. So exactly. lesson learned. We it's learned our some, lesson. Somebody yeah. play a cleric or a bard or a druid who has healing. No. Don't 
Don't be those people. I take one for the team. All right. Well, that was our in-depth review of For the King, which is available on Game Pass. Feel free to give us suggestions for a game we pick each week. Uh, our next week's game, Jake, did you have an idea for this? I thought, because I have not played either of these games, and they are both on Game Pass and console exclusive, and have reviewed very well, would be to do one of the Ori games. Yes, I love this. I will vote for Ori 2. Ori 2, cool. Is there anything I should know about Ori 1 going into the pretty... What's the what's the narrative like? Is it worth doing a quick look over, or does it matter much? I mean, you could probably watch a legit like a four minute video and figure out the story from the first one. Should I watch a forty minute video about how the different turned the will of the wisp into nobodies? Yeah, I, I think we can avoid the heartless and nobody videos for uh, okay. Ori <laughs> for Ori too. I think you'll be good. If there's a forty minute explanation on YouTube, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next week we'll be playing Ori and the Will. Of the Wisp, yeah. is the name of the second game. Yes. That is the name All of the right. second one. Join us. Discuss it with us. Tweet at us about Ori, the Wool of the Wisp, if you've already played it. Read it before next week's show so we don't get spoiled, but should be a good All time. Right. Awesome. All right, thank you for joining us this week on Xbox Quest. Please leave a five-star review, share us with a friend. Also, feel free to follow us on social media at Xbox Quest. If you want to join in on the show, suggest a topic, tell us how you feel about the Game Pass Weekly game, or ask us anything in general, Feel free to shoot us an email, xboxquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Jake, for joining me on our quest. We'll continue our journey with Xbox next week. Have a good one, y'all. And we out.